Welcome to the Baseline Feed, where we invite aspiring writers and voiceover talent to showcase their abilities and kickstart a career in the exciting audio drama industry. Welcome to the Baseline Feed Podcast. I'm your host, Tanner Wood. Before we get to our episode, I would like to do two things. We established this podcast to serve as a baseline for aspiring authors and voice talent, hence the name Baseline Feed. If you are interested in trying your hand at either, please send an email to baselinefeedpod at gmail.com with a story and or a voice demo. We would love to work with you. Don't forget, you can also check out our website at baselinefeed.com. There you can see all of our episodes and even chat with us directly. We have received such overwhelming support for this project and we cannot thank you, the listener, enough. If you enjoy what we're doing here, please feel free to leave us a review and a rating, along with hitting that follow button. I would also like to highlight our voice actors and writer. Every story comes from somewhere, and today we're bringing you the second part of our previous episode submitted to us by Katie Tatry. Not only did she write this story for us, she is featured as the voice for the main character, Laura. She is joined by Carrie Taylor, Tim Howell, Julia Wood, Tori Miller, Tanner Wood, Evan Jaffe, and Jason Wilson. When we left off, Laura was injured and alone, with a mile to go to safety. Let's see how Captain Grayson handles the desperate situation in Season 1, Episode 3, The Worst of the Worst, Part 2. Laura fought not to roll her eyes as the doctor explained that she would be showing the government group around the medical facility. You just don't want to deal with the bureaucrats. (laughs) Damn right I don't. And that's what I have you for. I'm pulling rank, Captain. From my understanding, it's just two of them. They've read the briefing. They just want to see our side of things. Lovely. You owe me, Bolton. Laura always hated having to head up more often than she needed to. The elevator was fast, thankfully, but made her ears pop almost painfully as they went down. Once she was topside, she made her way to the base's main office and put a smile on her face when she found a man and a woman in suits waiting patiently. Welcome to Area 51. I'm Captain Grayson. Nick Stewart. My associate, Maria Keough. Sorry to take you away from your work. I know you can't enjoy playing tour guide. Laura chuckled and made certain they each had their visitor ID badges in place before she motioned them to follow. It's part of the job. You've both served. They shared a glance and then stared back at her. What makes you say that? You both have the stance, the presence. You check the hallway for the exits as we entered. It's a habit you don't lose easily after you've seen action. Very good. We have, yes. Then why are you both working for the government now? (laughs) Swallow as we descend, your ears definitely won't like you otherwise. The 
The pair took the observation to heart as the elevator dropped quickly, though neither needed a handrail to keep their balance. She was impressed. When they reached the bottom, Nick answered her question. We're liaisons now, between the government and the military. Because we've worked on this side of things, we can make them see the other side of it easier. I've actually been to Area 51, but only worked topside. That makes a little more sense. So you're not just here to interrogate us? I assure you we're not. Just to see how things are working out here. Laura gave them a full tour, answering all their questions, and seemed to surprise Nick with her blunt answers. Is it difficult to feel compassion for these men? You look after a lot of men who tend to target white women in particular. Sometimes, I can understand why this facility exists. The military couldn't risk any of these men getting off on a small technicality in the court systems. We have some of the deadliest serial killers in the United States has ever seen, and the general population simply believes they gave up or died. And that's what they need to keep believing. I'm sorry some families won't get closure, but these men cannot risk walking free to continue killing. So they're here. Does it make me a bad person that I can enjoy knowing they won't get to see the sun and they never will again? Maybe. But I will continue giving them their medications and making certain that they are healthy enough to continue not to see the sun until they die. The tour had ended, and as Laura had escorted them upstairs, Nick had slipped her a business card. It had his own number written on the back. That had been two years ago, and a year ago they had moved in together. Laura was brought back to her present circumstances as a body crashed in front of her. An officer. Though he was dressed in his riot gear, his helmet was gone, leaving his head fully exposed. One of the prisoners jumped to kneel over his torso, arms raised, with something in his hands to bring down, aiming to smash into the officer's face. She raised her gun without thinking, and pulled the trigger. Blood burst from the wound as the body slumped to the side, and Laura heard the officer sigh in relief as he pushed himself up. The man glanced around and saw her leaning against the wall, the rest of his unit catching up. Captain Grayson, are you alright? Peachy, gentlemen. <laughs> nice shot. Laura snorted and shook her head. The bullet had gone through the inmate's neck, causing the spray of blood. I was aiming for his head. She leaned over the body to inspect who it was. She had managed to kill inmate APNY9611, the Long Island Ripper. The head of the unit watched her sway as she straightened and carefully inspected her head wound. Are you certain you're alright, Laura? Once I get to Central, I will be. Concussion. Just need to get someplace safe and off my feet. This is Unit 4. We'll be escorting Captain Grayson to Central. Captain, it's your job to secure the inmates. And we will continue to do so, but the Captain is injured and can barely stand. I won't leave her out here to fend for herself. Any inmate encountered on the trip to Central will be dealt with. And when she is secure, we will continue our job. <sighs> Understood. You didn't have to do that. I know I'm not the priority here. 
The man lifted his mask and she recognized the blue eyes of one of Nick's best friends. James shook his head at her. I leave you out here and something happens? He'll have my ass, and we both know it, Laura. Now let's get you looked after. Group, form around the captain. Gentlemen and Riley, you keep her on her feet. Let's move out! She felt a sense of relief as the soldier she had saved took up station next to her and took her arm, and the others formed a circle around her. Have you seen any other inmates? Freeway Phantom's back in his cell. Frankfurt Slasher never got out. West Mesa Killer, still MIA. Laura nodded and stayed silent. She was surprised they did not run into any more prisoners headed towards the hub of the jail. Once Central's tower came into view, Laura let out a soft sigh and slumped against the man helping her along. James punched in the coat to open the door, making certain she got inside and touched her arm. I'll call when it's all over. You get yourself looked after. You be safe. Yes, ma'am. All right, let's move out! Men from inside grabbed Laura and helped her inside, where she offered the doctor a small smile. Hey, ya doc. Laura, I need to get her topside into the hospital right now. The officers continued to help her stand, and Laura was grateful. She could feel her strength waning now that she was safe. As the elevator started for the surface, she stumbled, one of the men catching her. Laura blinked heavily and realized the doctor was speaking to her, but her hearing had faded, her vision darkened, and she slumped unconscious into the man holding her. A soft beeping slowly invaded her mind as Laura realized she was in the hospital on base. She opened her eyes, aware that someone was stroking her knuckles, and turned her head slowly to see Nick leaning over on the mattress. He smiled gently when she saw him. Hey, babe. Nice to see you awake. How long was I out? Nick smiled and leaned down to kiss her forehead. Only a few hours. Doc figures the adrenaline drop, stress, and concussion combined to knock you out. Nothing too serious. They're still cleaning up downstairs, mostly contained, to be honest. How did you get in? Isn't the base wall a mess? Luckily, once they fired a few tear gas bombs at the base of the wall, everyone decided it wasn't really worth it. There are some hanging around, but it's turned into more of a uh, party than anything. <laughs> Uh, security's keeping an eye on them, but they're keeping their distance and having bonfires to barbecue and play music. We'll see if it doesn't change at dark, but so far, so good. I was able to get in just fine. The real problems were downstairs, it turns out. Laura let out a long sigh and nodded, reaching up to touch her head. Dr. Bolden went downstairs, but said she'd be by later to check on you. A dozen stitches. They're saying stage three concussion. And you're off work for a bit while you recover from that. Good, because I don't feel like going back downstairs right now. My head is killing me. 
He smiled slightly and leaned down to press a soft kiss to her forehead before lying down next to her on the bed. I have some vacation time built up, so I'm going to stay home and make sure you actually take it easy and not decide to rearrange the office. (laughs) Who? Me? You're going to actually relax and let me take care of you for a change. She turned into his body as he shifted, pulling her against his chest. Careful of the IV in her arm, she lay against him, letting out a sigh as his cell phone rang. Nick Stewart. James. Hey. Yeah, she's okay. Good. We're at the uh, base hospital, room 306. I'll see you in a little while. Okay. Bye-bye. He tucked the phone away and pressed another kiss to the top of her head. Seems aside from cleanup, everything is secured. James's team is being relieved, and he'll be up soon to visit. He got me safe to Central. I'm glad his team is okay. Get some rest, babe. It's been a long day, but it's over. And next time? I'll stay home from work. I promise. What an incredible journey. Between secret convicts and alien technology, I don't think I want to be anywhere near Area 51. We close by giving credit where credit is due and highlighting our authors and voice talent. The Worst of the Worst Part 2 was written and submitted by Katie Tatry, featuring narration by Evan Jaffe, Katie Tatry as Laura, Carrie Taylor as Dr. Bolton, Jason Wilson as Nick, Tim Howell as James, Tanner Wood as Riley, Julia Wood as Maria, and Tori Miller as Major Collins. Sound design was by Tanner Wood. Episode artwork and music arrangements by C.M. Peters. Once again, we'd like to offer the opportunity to submit a story to us. It must be fiction, preferably around 2,500 words, and almost any genre is welcome. More details on our website and on Twitter, and you can submit your stories to BaselineFeedPod at gmail.com, or reach out to us there about being part of our voice talent. We hope to see you in two weeks. Thank you for listening to our podcast, Baseline Feed. We hope you enjoyed what you heard. For more information, check out our Twitter at BaselineFeedPod or reach us at BaselineFeedPod at gmail.com.